Hello and welcome to The Culture Quest. We are but humble adventurers and today we're taking some time to talk about some songs that mean a lot to us. With me, as always, are Peter. Hello. And Barrio. Hello. And I am Inan. Thank you, the listeners at home, for taking part in our noble quest. We're recording kind of a special episode today. You can kind of find the roots of today's topic in some of our previous Tavern Talk segments. Uh... We've done a few Tavern Talks in which we talked about our favorite um, album openers, album closers, title tracks, uh, cover songs. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Basically, we've done a few Tavern Talks about music. We've played music, we've listened to music, we've talked about music. And we've recently started playing around with a few new segments and, and kind of behind the scenes. We talked about retroactively considering those Tavern Talk segments to be under the Culture Quest radio segment name, which is basically just a, a music-centric segment. Anyway, we kept going back uh, to talking about music, and we probably will again in the future, but today we're doing a full Culture Quest podcast radio episode. Uh, today we're going to take a look at the history of each of ours taste in music. Peter, you, you kind of came up with this uh, idea with kind of uh, what we're doing today. Do you want to kind of introduce it your own way? Yeah, um, so basically the theme for this was basically to take a look through kind of the turning points or like the major moments in our listening experience. So, you know, like I was not a big music fan, I guess you could say, in my teens, but I did like some music. I, I was one of those people that always like repeated the same songs and always came back to like the same things, but it's definitely evolved since then. And I think it would be nice to kind of understand where we're coming from, like what were our go-to songs when we started getting into music, uh, what were some of maybe the phases we went through and where sort of, you know, where we're going now, essentially like that. Because I know we're pretty particular about our music because we, we've put up so many um, albums and we've only got one in the Quag so far, which is the Queen Live album. So I don't know, this could be like, a good reference point um, for, you know, when we review or I guess talk about albums in the future, just to see where it fits into our, you know, our listening history, I guess you could say. And also it's just an interesting sort of um, talking point because I know when we listen to either albums by, you know, artists we've never heard of, or we watch movies from decades that we haven't even seen movies from. It's nice to kind of note down when things are new to us because it's definitely different. It Things hit different when you're, you're new to the world than when probably you're more familiar with it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where you guys, you know, started out and what your music tastes are because I guess we haven't really talked about it in depth. No, not I mentioned much. like some bands more than others, but <laughs> yeah, I guess... We haven't really done the full like autopsy of like where we've um, you know picked up our music taste from. So yeah, I think it should be fun. Going back and thinking about this, uh, like coming up with the the songs I wanted to play today, I kind of realized that you know throughout my maybe teen years, I every once in a while had like a major revelation that kind of changed everything for mm. me in terms of my music listening kind of habits, but. I don't, um, I, I just thought about it and I realized I didn't have like one pivotal moment since I was like, oh, maybe 20, like 12 years ago. And it got me a bit sad because maybe I won't have them anymore. Like those groundbreaking moments that change everything because 
I don't know. I'm kind of set in my ways now. Um, we'll see. Well, mm. uh, we'll see. We'll maybe talk about it when I bring up my songs. Um, Barrel, let me ask you, um, how back does your list go? I think like the first thing that I actually listened to intentionally. I think it's interesting. We, we each probably have a story around that. Yeah. These experiences tell a lot about uh, the person. Uh, something we could do is we could take all of these songs from today and maybe even all of the songs we talked about in in the previous tavern talks and maybe create a Spotify or an Apple music playlist like the culture quest podcast radio playlist yeah that'd be great <laughs> we've had a lot of good songs uh, in, in those previous tavern talks and I'm guessing we'll have a few good ones today so let's start playing music and and talking about it how about I go first yeah okay go for it okay um, here we go Oh, Michael. I've muted myself to sing, so... Uh... <laughs> Thank you. As you have correctly guessed, uh, this is Michael Jackson's um, Earth song. And I don't think it's one of his most popular songs, but I know for me, I, I always liked it. It had a good progression from almost like a ballad-ish type you know, intro, and then it goes almost like hard rock at the end. I think Michael Jackson is definitely the first artist that I remember going deep into. Like... I guess this is a common thing that people do with music, but it's, I guess when you start listening to music, it's not obvious that you will do this, but you listen to all the albums and then you listen to all like the officially released live kind of renditions. You, you watch the documentaries, obviously Michael Jackson's like a pretty eccentric <laughs> person. So you watch all the documentaries about it, you know, you get into like the drama, Obviously, the way he passed away is just, you know, um, the topic of a lot of discussion. And then I went into, like, live shows and deep cuts of songs, like, very, very obscure kind of Michael Jackson things. And I was, like, every time, like, a news article would come out, I'd, like, know all the details and, like, ah, oh, that's not right. Like, you know. <laughs> so, and I remember specifically... I'd buy the Michael Jackson Essential CD 
and just gift it to people as like That's as birthday gifts. So cool. And no, it was that was just the definition of unsolicited. Like no one wanted, but um, but <laughs> I kind of thought it was like I I I was very superior. I was like. I know what's best for you. Like you take this <laughs> and you you have fun. You know, like you don't know how good this is, but I've listened to it and <laughs> it's very very good. So, but yeah, like I I, I think um, Michael Jackson's definitely not a bad artist to get into because he's not exactly like niche or anything like that. Like ever like you can put it on and everyone will like it. You know. He just has something special about him. I know we we said before he has like a glow about yeah, him, and I totally think comes so. through in his music. How old were you when you started getting into Michael Jackson? Uh, this is like fourteen, fifteen, this is or probably uh... end of primary school or elementary school. So is that like twelve, thirteen, or so? Yeah, yeah, I think that's about right. And honestly, I think I listened to him for probably three or four years, like pretty much non-stop at that point, because there were a few posthumous releases. One of them was called Michael, which I really got into. I remember there was always new stuff coming out. This was back in what, around the time he died, like 2009. It's just every day there'd be something new. So really consumed my life a little bit. That's fun. That's fun to kind of like getting really into one artist. And yeah. Then, yeah. You know, you love Michael Jackson as well, right? Yeah, spoilers. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I I don't really know this song in particular though. I'll tell the story in a second, but I kind of grew up with Michael's 80s stuff, and this is 90s and beyond. I'm guessing this is 90s and beyond. Yeah, yeah. I I know these albums a bit less. Do you consider yourself more of a 90s Michael Jackson fan, or uh, did you like listen to all no, of his stuff? No, I'm definitely a 80s bad era. I loved Bad a lot more than Thriller. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, basically every song on Bad was like a hit for me. And I, I also did love his 90s stuff because I feel like he had a lot of style in the 90s like that evolved, whereas in the early 80s, he still had a bit of that Jackson 5-ness. Mm. And honestly, I didn't really love that Jackson 5 bit about him. I loved it. I always, <laughs> like, when I went to concerts, I went to, like, 80s, 90s, 2000s and stuff. I don't know. I, I did like the modern Michael quite a bit. Mm. Mara, do you want to go next, or should I keep up the Michael Jackson uh, streak? Yeah, let's keep Michael. Let's keep Michael okay. alive. <laughs> This is the Michael Jackson song I wanted to play. Mm. Michael Jackson's Off the Wall. <laughs> That laugh. Yeah, always made me, made me smile. Yeah, this is Michael Jackson's Off The Wall from the album Off The Wall. Peter, your song was mid-90s. This is from 
1979. Uh, I think it's the first、mm. maybe Michael Jackson album without the Jackson 5 and you know, as an adult.、Mm. I think he had a few as a, as a kid, but I'm not sure. And like, I grew up with this album. I like, ever since I can remember myself, I always was interested in music. And when I was a kid, like, we had a collection of cassette tapes in the house, which had all kinds of stuff. And whenever I had nothing to do, I would take a few random tapes to my room. I would just listen, like, sit on my bed and listen to two albums. And I'm saying I played random tapes because at that time in my life, I was only learning to read. Like, I was I'm maybe six or seven. I still didn't know English at all. So, really didn't know what was on those tapes.、Hmm. And. A few of my favorite tapes had like, I had like an ABBA collection. I had like、uh, a few albums of this Israeli rock band from the 70s called Kaveret. But my favorite tapes were my Michael Jackson tapes. And I had three albums I had Off the Wall, I had Thriller, and I had Bad. And I used to listen to them all the time. And this specific song, Off the Wall, was kind of a, a, a personal favorite. Of mine. All the funny voices he does in the, in the beginning of the song and just the feel of it. I always like, used to wait for it to come up. I think I, I think I even had like, a little dance for this song. And I remember like, being a kid, singing along to it, dancing in my room, and you know, singing along. I, I was just making up words because obviously I had no idea what the, the real words were. And I don't like, at the、mm. time, I kind of thought of myself as a music fan, but I was just a kid. I didn't know what was out there really. Like, I still listen to this album every once in a while, and it takes me back to, to being a kid. I, I just love it. It's such a soothing song, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of disco y, it's kind of funky, but it's more about finishing work and just taking the load off and, and relaxing. It's、mm. somewhere in between. Yeah. Such a talented guy, such a beautiful voice. Yeah. yeah. One of the most cleanest voices. Like,、yeah. it's just sharp, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But yet, still, he can still do sort of like the really soft backing vocals. It's quite incredible. Sharp and sweet, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. For me, no one's really come close to that, that vocal prowess. Yeah, I, I, I get it if you don't like the style or, or the music, but I think, yeah, yeah. I think technically, or, or just the voice is just, I think everyone would agree it's just beautiful. And the, the guy was talented.、Hmm. Barry, do you want to go next? Barrio. Yes, sirs. Yes, sirs. What have you got for us? Well, I'm going to take it back, I guess.、Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't really into music. And then. Michael Jackson came along. <laughs> I got to say that I don't remember <laughs> if it was before I started learning how to play the, the saxophone or if, if it was after. But definitely. Around the same era. You picked up the saxophone at a pretty early age, right? Fifth grade? Yeah, something like that. Fifth, maybe sixth grade. That was the time I, I kind of started to get into jazz. And the first artist I got really into was Charlie Parker. And specifically this song, which is pretty simple. Wow, it's, it's actually a, a bit more.、Uh, Kind of like an upbeat version of it. <laughs> I used to play a much slower version. <laughs> But,、uh, you know, whenever I hear it now, it always brings nice emotions and kind of like nostalgia. Charlie Parker, now's the time. I don't know if there's a lot of kids who got into music 
through Charlie Parker, through jazz. Yeah, this is like an 18-year-old drinking single malt. <laughs> <laughs> I was a sophisticated kid. <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess in my, in my house, we mostly heard, uh, you know, either classical music or jazz. Mm. And I think that was a bit different from most of the music that, that was playing and it really got my attention. And then I started to really get into it. And the moment that I could make some sound that is uh, <laughs> similar somehow <laughs> in, in, somehow to to what uh, Charlie Parker did then I, I started really to get connected into it and, and started to listening to a lot of Charlie Parker like I think you know whenever we we went to a, like a disc store or yeah. whatever tower records I remember yeah. that we had and it was always like go to the jazz section artists the, that begins with a C and just trying to find another another uh, CD that I didn't have. You were the only kid at the jazz section <laughs> with your beret and cigar. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like with a with a low ball of single malt, just yeah. going everywhere with it. You know, keep, <laughs> keeping it sophisticated. Uh, that's kind of cool. That's not a regular thing to to start listening to jazz at I don't know what, what is it 10 years old playing the sax and I mean you still have that sax you played that sax uh, on our um, uh, cowboy bebop episode uh, for the intro bit yeah it's yeah cool yeah a saxophone is it's it's a pretty expensive instrument so yeah we were uh, renting one and uh, I think then for one of my birthdays like my bar mitzvah I think I got my own saxophone that's kind of cool I, I'm I got into jazz much later in life but And not, not too much into Charlie Parker, but, but that's cool stuff. I think I have memories of you practicing this bit. Like, I definitely recognized it. Okay, so I'm actually going... I guess it's not that far ahead, but um, this is sort of stuff that I still play now. Oh, you, you'll hear it. It's a beautiful guitar part. <laughs> yeah. Like, we knew Led Zeppelin had to come up. Uh, there was no way around that. It was a question of how soon it would come yeah, up. Yeah, number two is quite early, actually. So, um, the story behind this song for me is... I think I went to, like, just a rock... Because I, 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 before Led Zeppelin, I definitely, like, heard classic rock. But, like, I knew not many songs. I think I knew All Along the Watchtower. I knew um, maybe ACDC, Back in Black. And like maybe five other songs but I discovered like a small playlist it probably had 20 songs on it um, on Spotify and um, basically it had two Led Zeppelin songs on it and that the first song was this song and the second song was Kashmir and I didn't know anything about Led Zeppelin at this point and like they both said Led Zeppelin But the singer sounded different. Like the, I didn't, I thought there might have been multiple singers in the band because Kashmir sounds very heavy, whereas this one sounds almost like a little bit upbeat, you know, like um, quite a happy song. I, I used to play this 
when I mean on repeat, I mean like I'd go for like a 45 minute car journey and just play this song like over and over because that opening riff, that like, that just made, that riff consumed my <laughs> life for a while. It's like, it's like the first big thing I learned <laughs> on guitar and like, because it actually took me a while because like the timing is a little bit odd and yeah. it's not totally... It's kind of hard to get it down smoothly. Yeah. And I don't know, there's just something about that riff that just connected with me. It's just such a... Because I've never heard anything like that on another song before. That's so... It's a little bit strummy, but it's a little bit finger-picky. It's a very, very eccentric riff, but I just love the the drumming. I love the singer. I love the bass. Everything was just fantastic about it. So I'd listen to that and listen to Kashmir on this probably, you know, 15, 20 song playlist. There was a few others like ACDC, I think was in there. And um, the third song I think I ended up hearing of Led Zeppelin was Whole Lot of Love. And then I kind of was like, oh, wait a second. They're three different album titles and three good songs. Mm. Maybe I'll go into like the album, like, because I'd never like clicked on an album really before. You know, I, I used to just listen to the Michael Jackson and everything else was just like yeah. song by song. And then I clicked on the album and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I clicked on the Whole Lot of Love album and it had Heartbreaker and it had Ramble On. And I just could not believe all, like I thought albums had two good songs and all the rest was meant to be like packaging, you know? Then I heard that album, I was like, what? Like where, is this like a compilation, like a best of or something like that? Couldn't understand it. So basically I think I started out, I remember like, Okay, this is, so this is going to be a bit of a talk, but yeah. <laughs> um, welcome to my TED Talk. But I started out, because you got to think, Zeppelin didn't have that many albums. I had, I think, nine studio albums in, in, in total, if you count the 1982 release. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, so I like Michael Jackson. Like, I like probably 50 songs from Michael Jackson, like, a lot. So let's try get 10 songs like I, I i always this was like the start of my like love <laughs> for making like top 10s and stuff and so i was like let's try get 10 songs for led zeppelin so i at one point i think like seven were just off that led zeppelin two albums so whole lot of love heartbreaker ramble on you know moby dick um and stuff like that but then i was like oh well and i didn't like looking at new albums like new music was just scary so i was like oh what's like what's the other album so i think i went to led zeppelin 4 because that was like the next most popular and then i heard stairway to heaven which like <laughs> you know even if you think it's overplayed like to anyone that's listening to it really for the first time like i'd never really heard it that much like blew my mind so that went to the top and then i had my 10 songs and for a while, probably like maybe a few weeks, I think I just played like those 10 songs and I was like, this is it. This is, this. I've reached the peak of music. These 10 songs is just, there will never be another, another song that will get into this top 10. And <laughs> I think, I, I think I discovered maybe one or two more songs because I, I didn't want to veer out of those albums too much. So I'd rather listen to like some live deep cut of a song from one of those albums than just listen to another studio album. But eventually um, I got through the first four albums and by then my list grew to like 30 songs. And I was like, 
whoa, like this is crazy. Like the hit rate was amazing for Led Zeppelin. Like I've never listened to so many songs by an artist and liked so many. Like I think I just like like maybe two or three songs out of their first four albums. And um, then the the big milestone was when, or the second milestone after discovering them was listening to Physical Graffiti because that was a double album. So I was like, man, there's got to be at least a whole <laughs> disc of filler in here. Um, so I, I remember putting it on and so the first song is Custard Pie and I was like, wow, like it's so catchy. Like I didn't think it was going to be like the best. It wasn't better than A Whole Lot of Love or anything like that, but I was just like, wow. So it's all downhill from here. I, I'm a very <laughs> pessimistic person. And then the second song called The Rover came on and The Rover is definitely in my top sort of 10 songs at the moment for Led Zeppelin. And I was like looking up where this appreciation was for the Rover. Like, you know, do people like this song? And like, honestly, it gets no mention outside of like mm. Led Zeppelin foreign. But no one know if you say, have you listened to the Rover to basically anyone on the street and no one will know the song, you know? And I was just like, have I like gone into another universe and discovered songs that no one else has discovered? Like this is a very egocentric way to think about it. And then I listened to the third song, which is like an 11 minute song, which I'd never heard before, which was uh, In My Time of Dying, which had the most amazing drums I've ever heard. And at this point, I was just like, I was just mind blown to what I discovered. It felt like, honestly, like I found gold, like. I just could not believe it. And then at that point, the playlist went to like 93 songs, which was like their full catalog. And then now it's, you know, forget about listening to like officially released live performances. Now it's like <laughs> listening to like different audience recordings of like, you know, particular shows and like different mixes where they've mixed the audience recording and the soundboard recording. I didn't even know what a soundboard recording was. This is when as they, deep as deep cuts get. <laughs> yeah. So I've just been amazed at the level of audio quality I'll stoop to for a good show. Like sometimes it actually, you get to the potato level audio, <laughs> but you can kind of piece it together because you've heard the songs so much. So I, I've always had like a desire to sort of put together like into like a big file like all like my favorite um bootlegs i've i don't think i've ever got had the time to sort of organize it but um that's definitely one thing i would like to do like i'd like to put together like a hundred concerts categorize them song by song and really sort of you know just just to have them there like i'm one of those people that likes to sort of organize stuff but it's it's a pretty massive process because I have at least yeah. 300 shows. That's and, wild. You know, very, like definitely more than two things for most shows. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm at at the moment. And uh, I mean, I've been through th so many phases, like thinking a song's bad and then understanding the song and then it goes up the list, you know. So mm. like, it, I've, I don't think I've ever gone as deep into anything not just in music, but like literally anything in life, like a TV show or something like that. So, yeah, it's pretty early uh, in this <laughs> top five, or this not top five, but in these five historical things. But it sort of shrinks the background before this, because before this I was like, oh, well, I liked music, but everything kind of paled in comparison. And the reason the three after this is kind of interesting is that 
it's amazing I, I, I ever listened to another artist after this. So I yeah. guess that's why they come up so early. Sorry for the long rant, but that's that's uh, Over the Hills. I actually also have a Zeppelin song coming up. Not right now, but later down the line. You've, met, you've had a Michael Jackson one, I had one. You've had a Led Zeppelin one, I'll have one. Um, let's see what else we get uh, in common. Mm. <laughs> Looking at my list, I don't think we'll have another one in common. I know uh, the, the next one I'm going to play is There's No Way. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll play the next song and I'll just say uh, I don't think I'll ever forget like the feeling I had when I heard this next song for the first time. And... Like, the first few seconds is what blew me away. So, this song is called San Jose by Monica Sex, an uh, uh, Israeli band, obviously. This is the second song on their debut album, uh, which came out in 1995. Hmm. And like I said, I totally, totally remember the first time I heard this song. Like, I was 13, I was at a friend's house, and my friend's older sister had this album. And we put in the CD, and the first song... The first song in the album is like a theme song for a TV show that was playing at the time or something. So it was always on the radio. Mm. So we just skipped it and got straight to this song. And like I didn't know this song and I was just blown away by it. Like at the time, this was the heaviest thing I've ever heard <laughs> up to that point. Like I, it felt different than anything I knew. Like, you know, I was I was growing up on Michael Jackson and ABBA and stuff like that. And suddenly this came along. And it rocked. It felt indie. It felt small but big. It felt I, I, I was just shocked by it. And you know, we'll listen to the whole album, the that friend and me. And I was really blown away by it. So I I loaned that CD. I took it home and I listened to it again that same day, and and every day for for the next few weeks. And I consider this whole album to be a major influence on in me. Like I mentioned that I consider myself a music fan since I was little. But this album made me realize that there's so much more out there like so much more than what i knew and and this album made me want to start exploring music like this album made me want to start and develop my own taste in music to find out what what i like and why i like it and after getting to know this album i started buying you know albums and talking with people about bands and borrowing cds i started playing guitar uh, i started like borrowing cds from my older brother's room and stuff and after this album music became yeah, an important aspect of my life. I was obsessed with music ever since this album. And San Jose, this song might not be my favorite song in the album. I think there's a few better ones. But I, I'll never forget the first time I listened to it and how it grabbed me within the first five seconds. <laughs> 
Are they are they big in um, Israel? Like they used to be really big, okay. but I think they they like had four years between the first and second album, Whoa. and then yeah, it's a lot of time. And then I think they were considered to be big. They performed a lot, like they they played a lot of concerts, but they they, they just didn't have enough material to kind of support it. I think I think I saw them live three or four times. I think. Their show was the first live show I ever went to. Oh, like, cool. not, not, not a live show that my parents took me. You know, I always kind of loved music, but this is where I was like, I, I, I want to get deeper into this. Uh, mm. I want to know more, you know? Uh, there, there's more out there for me. Yeah, listening to it, it, it's very heavy, but it still sounds quite honest. Like, it doesn't sound like... I, I know a lot of punk bands are trying to be very cool, but this one doesn't sound like that. It kind of sounds a little bit more like... I don't know, like, they're, they're doing it earnestly. I, I totally agree. It's a weird thing to say, but... Uh, I found it hard to, to kind of explain it, but you're right. It's honest and earnest and, like, from the heart. Yeah, they're not, like, rebelling. It's more, like, loud and proud, sort of, you know. Yeah, I also remember being in one in a couple of their concerts. Yeah. They, they had... They, they could really, really hold it and, and create this uh, exciting atmosphere where, where exactly, like you said, it, it was... Like both intimate, but still they rock the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will take it to the next thing that I had, which actually is something that Inon introduced to me, which is System of a Down's Chop Suey. This is probably the the first, I guess, new metal song that I really got into that really caught my mind like i i heard metal before metal and rock and and all that and but something specifically with this song really grabbed my attention and and you can notice that it's it's not really charlie parker (laughs) it's a bit different so that was that was a big jump in musical styles for me you took off your beret you finished your whiskey cup (laughs) (laughs) and switched it with long hair and ripped shirts (laughs) Do you know this song? Like, it's very popular. It's popular. I recognize the name, but don't recognize the song. Okay. Barry, do you remember when or where I introduced you to this song? You know what? I'm, I'm not completely sure. Like, I think... I don't remember if we had YouTube then, but I remember that I listened to it and several times I really liked that one. Then I went into um, that day's uh, torrent, which was yeah. called Kaza, and started downloading random songs in order to burn a CD so I can <laughs> take around. And later on it became like download uh, MP3 files that you can put on your MP3 player. Yeah. I remember what what always grabbed me in this song is not the it's it's the melodic part. Like they're not just screaming and playing loud guitars. It has a lot of feel to it. it feels meaningful. Yeah. 
I love that song. Even even today, you know, we're listening to it and, and, and yeah. really really listening to it. I still I still get goosebumps. Yeah, it's it's kind of immortal. Yeah. I think you know that's for me it's kind of like the perfect teenage song. It's it's got that melodic that feel that that anger and um I don't know frustration it's it's so raw. Um I I really loved it and and I think like I really love System of a Down as a whole but their lead singer Serge Tenken which I kept on listening to for even after uh, System broke broke and uh, uh, the System broke <laughs> yeah. and uh, and uh, followed him into his uh, solo career which is really good like I still listen to some of his albums and and you know that that kind of opened me towards something that's a bit more um, you can imagine I, I mostly listened to jazz until then yeah. and this was kind of like the first music that I listened to that that had vocals truly really changed the way I, I perceived music yeah I got into system of a down because like I said I still like borrow albums from my older brother's room I remember one day I took the first system of a down album I listened to it and then I, I enjoyed it so much uh, I took the the, the next couple of a couple of ones uh, still this album and oh toxicity and still this album so I basically listened to the first three albums and Like one after the other, they didn't have the mes- mesmerized and hypnotized albums out yet, and I guess i I, I really enjoyed it. I obviously listened to three albums in a row. I guess I loved it so much that I got you into it at some point. I don't remember when I introduced you to them with that um system of a down steal this album. Do you think people um stole it like well do you i did you hear much rather not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing no one had the, the, the balls to do that. <laughs> yeah. So after Zeppelin, you can't just go to like another classic rock band because I, I don't know, like there's, you kind of always think, oh, I wish John Bonham was playing on this or I wish Jimmy yeah. was on, like producing it or something. So you're kind of going to go in the opposite direction. So this is, it wasn't even that long after, but this is definitely an artist that, was played on repeat and I'll, i'll i'll play the song it's um not not a super long one but um we'll see how it goes oh where have you been my blue-eyed son and where have you been my darling young one I've stumbled on the side of twelve misty mountains I've walked and I crawled on six crooked highways I've stepped in the middle of seven side forests I've been out in front of a dozen dead oceans I've been ten thousand miles in the mouth of a graveyard And it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard It's a hard rain, you're gonna fall 
Yeah, Bob Dylan was a um, big influence on me, actually. Like, I feel like his personality sort of rubbed off a little bit. Like, he he doesn't take life too seriously. He's sort of... Um, he's very laid back, but he, he he's willing to put, like, ev- like, very serious points out there. But he's not himself a serious person. I kind of, like, try mm. to live my life a little bit like that. And um, this was one of the first songs I got into with him and I'm glad it was like this kind of album that I got into I I think um, you could get into sort of knocking on heaven's door or all along the watchtower but I think this album with masters of war and hard rain's gonna fall this is the one that um, I listened to first and ah it's just amazing like it's so much deeper than the stuff I was used to you know like every every line in this song is much more rich than pretty much all the pop songs on the radio. And I just kind of, every time I listen to this, I just go like, where did we go wrong? Because this is like, this is, <laughs> you know, this is just so good. And um, he's got so many albums. Um, you know, he's got, what, 40, 40 albums, something like that. And I still haven't really, like, this. there's probably whole albums out there that I haven't listened to. There's, he's got a bootleg sort of series, like an officially released bootleg series that I haven't gone through and there's so much stuff out there that I haven't discovered and yeah I still kind of consider myself a big Bob Dylan fan like I listen to albums on repeat and I've gone through like his 60s 70s 80s 90s and his O's and even his 10s and now 20s so yeah like through like six decades of of work and um, he's a very special kind of guy like with Zeppelin, you've got four sort of artists playing at at their prime, whereas Bob Dylan's sort of like he's just one man band, you know, competing with the Beatles. You know, the the Beatles are trying to write these um, great albums like with Rubber Soul in 1965, and then he comes out with Highway 61 with Like a Rolling Stone, which the Beatles apparently played on repeat. So it's a good story, you know, and, I, and honestly, I still don't really understand Bob Dylan. I think a lot of people would want to say like, you know, this is why he's a genius. Like it's this reason, like he did this every day or something like that. You know, like the modern YouTuber thing where it's like, do this for five minutes every day and you'll become like a genius. But like, I think the reality is like he's, he just grew up not really having that filter. He, he just was a very... I don't think clear thinker is the word. He's just a very um, expressive kind of person. It's hard to describe. Yeah. yeah, I think this is still one of my favorite albums. Bob Dylan, A Hard Rain's A Gonna Fall from the freewheeling Bob Dylan. I, I, I've, I've talked about it like uh, on the podcast before. I don't really know Bob Dylan. I don't think I ever listened to a full album by him, except this one time where when I was around 21, 22, I used to work uh, the overnight shift in this security thingy. I was supposed to be up all night, but I, I'd take a snooze here or there. And I used to listen to the radio, and the, there was a certain radio station here in Israel. Between 1 a.m. and I think 5 a.m. or something like that, they'd play full albums. And one of my shifts, they played a full Bob Dylan album. And I was listening to it, and I was half asleep or even closer to asleep than to, to being awake. And... It felt so magical, it felt perfect, it felt deep, it felt soothing and and smooth and nice. Everything about it just worked for me at that moment. 
but I never found out which album that was. Like, I, the next day, I got all of his albums and went album by album and tried to maybe figure out which album it was, but I never did. Since then, I'm, I'm thinking one day I'll get into Bob Dylan. Do you remember any sort of specifics of the night? or Nah, nothing at all. I don't necessarily sort of go on about him too much because he kind of leaves me quite satisfied. Mm. Like, I'm just... I listen to a Bob Dylan album, I go, yep, that's Bob Dylan. Yeah. You know, like, he leaves me with this great feeling of just... He just made songs for people to listen to, and that's what I'm doing. I'm listening to yeah. it. You know what I mean? It's such a simple, like... He makes a song, I listen to it. <laughs> Good job, Peter. That's, that's how it goes, you know? <laughs> I still have so much more Bob Dylan to discover, which is actually quite quite nice. Yeah. And um, honestly, there's so many different styles. Like, every album sort of has, like, its own maybe theme, I guess. Not, not lyrical theme necessarily, but, like, um, for instance, an album in 1976 called Desire... Like every song sort of has like violin and like sort of like a, I don't know, just a different kind of style. Like it's like a different band setup, yeah. I guess. It's like the most sort of cogent way to say it. Yeah. And um, so some is just him with guitar, uh, which is mostly the early albums. And then some have like a specific sort of atmosphere. That's, that's what it is, the yeah. atmosphere of the album. So depending on who produces it and stuff. So definitely he's a person for me that like i will try to pick the album that i want the atmosphere of and sometimes it's him basically busking mode and then some of it's more like a serene style like if you want a serene bob dylan album the one called oh mercy that's what it's called then there's more of like the jovial sort of one like upbeat which i guess you could say is his only real double album, which is Blonde on Blonde. I had a similar moment of Blonde on Blonde as I did with Physical Graffiti. Probably not as a peak moment because that was another double album. And I was like, oh, here we go. Where's all the filler at? <laughs> <laughs> there was no filler. It's just all good songs. And, and then I had a similar moment with the Beatles as well. And I, I haven't mentioned the Beatles. I mean, it's a bit of a crime not to mention them, but I mean, there had to be some cuts. <laughs> but um, when I listened to the White album, which is another double album, Again, I should stop going into double albums thinking they're all going to be filler. <laughs> but I went in there thinking it's all filler, and and honestly, that was a that was one that didn't immediately jump out at me. But then listening to the songs, I go, yeah, I don't want to cut any of these songs. So yeah, all from all bands that had sort of like one sort of double album. Same with the Wall from Pink Floyd. Great album. It's fantastic. So there's something about double albums back then which were pretty fantastic. So. Uh, the last song I played, San Jose by Monica Sex, like I said, it kind of got me into music and, you know, it was a pivotal moment. It got me invested in, in, in trying to find out anything I can about music in a way. And I really, really loved the heavy distorted guitars. And when I was kind of done with that album, I was looking for something new to listen to. And I was always kind of driven to find the next heavier thing. So I got into, um, Nirvana's Nevermind. And then I got into Offspring's Americana. And I got into uh, Linkin Park. And somewhere in the middle, I also listened a bit to Nickelback, which I shouldn't have mentioned, maybe. <laughs> but 
I got into Linkin Park and I thought that this is as heavy as it gets, you know? And then I met this guy called Kobe, which he was kind of like the, the friendly neighborhood metal guru, mm. you know, like the, the guy who's in the neighborhood who's always wearing like a black t-shirt and looks a bit funny. And through him, I got to know the next song that I'm going to play. And uh, the song is by a band called Cradle of Filth, an English band. And the song is called From the Cradle to Enslave. And I just feel like I should quickly mention that I know that this song and this band became kind of a joke amongst metal listeners. So don't judge me. You know, <laughs> it's not that I think that this is the best song like ever or anything. Listen to the story I'll tell uh, about this song in a minute. It's it, another kind of a pivotal moment for me. I had to play something metal. I spent years listening only to metal. I couldn't skip this. <laughs> so, when I was like 15, uh, that Kobe guy, we were sitting in my room and he showed me the video clip for this song. Horrible, horrible stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I think he saw that I thought that, was, that I was cool for listening to Linkin Park and he wanted to show me that there's heavier stuff than that, you know? He wanted to kind of put me in my place. And I hated this song at first. Like, I hated the vocals, I hated the atmosphere, couldn't connect with it at all. Like, just wasn't my style. Uh, but still, you know, that moment when he showed me that clip kind of changed everything. I remember not liking it. I remember judging him for enjoying this kind of music. But I also remember thinking, man, the drums are kind of cool in this song. You know, like the drums are energetic. They're heavy as shit. Listen to this. I never heard drums like that before. After he left, I, I listened to the song again, and I remember trying to ignore everything. Like, in ignore the guitars, ignore the vocals, and just enjoy the drums. And I, uh, for a few weeks, I just listened to this song, ignoring everything except the drums, you know? And after a few weeks, the, the guitars started to sound good to me. <laughs> and I found a few more songs by them. And again, I just tried to enjoy the drums and then also the guitars. And after a few months, suddenly even the vocals sounded good to me. And suddenly I was into metal, you know? And, and after this song and the, kind of getting to know this band, for a few years I never looked back. Like I left everything that wasn't metal in the past and kind of forgot about it. I still listen to metal today. I don't really know about new albums that's coming out. I don't really follow any metal today. But I listen to a lot of metal in my spare time, kind of, whenever I feel like it. But, but, but then, between age 15 and 21, maybe, only listen to metal. Like, I, I, there was nothing else out there for me, you know? I love that um, you're like, man, who's this guy listening to this shit? And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then you do like a three-month deep dive into the song. <laughs> and then you became that guy. Can't be that good. I've listened to it 1,200 times, <laughs> and it's not that good. <laughs> I loved it when he said, and I just tried to listen to the drums, and <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I can barely hear the drums. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's, I think there's a lot of good metal out there. I think anyone can find uh, a metal band or a metal song that they like. And this isn't a good example of that, you know? This is commercial mm. metal. This isn't good metal, really. I'm, I'm not into this song too much. But back then it changed everything for me. I don't think, like I said about San Jose, I don't think I'll ever forget the first time I listened to this song. So I, I just mm. couldn't not bring this up. And I'll stop it now. It was just getting good. <laughs> I was just getting into the streaming. I, I think I, I saw the video clip and I think it still haunts me. It's interesting. It's interesting that, that you got repelled from it at the beginning. Like you were, you were, at that point, you were mostly about rock. Yeah. Like not yeah. metal. And then this, which is pretty extreme, I guess. Yeah. This is what got you into metal and, and it started with the drums. Yeah. And at that point, I was, you know, I was already playing guitar. But yeah, the drums is what got my attention and uh, got me into this. Maybe when editing it, put, <laughs> put me after Peter, because I think, <laughs> like, my next artist is Damien Rice. <laughs> More towards Bob Dylan than <laughs> Danny Filth. So I won't put the song that kind of like uh, introduced me to him because it's a bit different, but let me put something else. Uh, one called Coconut Skins. You can hold her hand And show her how you cry Explain to her your weakness so she understands And then roll over and die You can brave decisions Before you crumble up inside Spend your time asking everyone else's permission Then run away and hide So Damien Rice, I actually discovered him kind of like by accident. I'm not sure if it was just playing on the radio at home or something. The first song that I heard of him is a song called... Um, uh, well, it's probably Blower's Daughter. It, I think it, it's probably one of his most famous Definitely there's something, well, I'm not sure if you can really get it through specifically this song, but he has something very touching in, in his voice, and that's kind of like the... No, you definitely get it. I, I, I felt that. Yeah. yeah. I actually quite like the song, actually, as well. It's very good. Yeah, so, so I spoke before regarding about um, getting the, the feeling through the vocals, and, and Damien Rice is kind of like always was the next step in that to me because it, it was still very emotional but it kind of took a whole completely different emotion like it wasn't the anger or excitement that system of down brought to the table but it was something a bit more mellow a bit more melancholic a bit more uh, something that that's probably more mature it was a hard time that so. is a that's a great reason to listen to it this sounds very comforting yeah yeah it, well, actually, I think most of his songs are a bit more depressing, but there's some, you know, it's kind of like releasing the steam through, you know, it, 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 it helps you to get connected into that place and that that's some sort mm. of a comfort. I don't know if I told you, but like, I don't know if jealous is the right word. I always felt kind of jealous of you for, for enjoying him. Like, I remember you bringing him up in conversations when we were younger. And like every time you did, I was like, I, I should listen to him. Like the music is kind of bittersweet. It's kind of 
sad, but, but the, the guitar sound is great, and the vocals sound great, and I should listen to him, I should enjoy this, and I, I never really got into it. Well, you know, first of all, it's never too late. Never too late. <laughs> and, and second, I think that Damien writes, at least for me, I think that that's the type of music that if it comes in the right place in the right time, it's just full of magic. But like, I think that if I never heard of Damien Rice until now and I, and I started to listen right now, you know, I'm not, ex- I'm not sure that I would huh, really? fall for him as I did. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm a bit exaggerating, but let's say that being a teenage is kind of like, you know, you live with all, all your ideals and you're angry mm. about the world and, and that's kind of like, you know, the, the teenager. Yeah, a bit romanticized. Yeah. Very much so. Exactly. And, and you're kind of like very excited. And that's clearly like System of a Down and other bands of that sort that, that I would listen in that in that time period. Damien Rice is kind of like when you kind of like sober up from those dreams and, and it's a bit sad. It's it's melancholic. Like you realize you were angry or, or you were hopeful or something about the world. And there's this part of growing up that you're you're sobering up from kind of like those ideals and it goes a bit melancholic and that kind of like hit the spot with with Damien Rice. We we were only allowed to bring five uh, artists to the table but you know for me I don't think that I would get to Damien Rice if I haven't gone through Regina Spector mm. before that and I wouldn't go into Regina Spector if I didn't listen to um, some Israeli artist called Yoni Bloch. And if not Yoni Bloch and, and Monica Sex is probably also like part of the yeah. of the way, then not a couple of Israeli rock bands, and I wouldn't get to them without System of a Down. So it's kind of like, but it's kind of been been like a road with several jumps until then, and and that's kind of like the story of growing up. It's it doesn't happen in one clear cut. So we're getting like a little bit more recent now, um, into the last sort of yeah maybe two years. Yeah, this is like definitely not technically brilliant but i think um i don't know underappreciated definitely not the word but i think people overlook how much emotion gets packed into these songs and i think um i'm just gonna put it on nice yeah Yeah, so I think um, a lot of people 
get into Nirvana early on in their sort of listening journey and then evolve to sort of more complex music because truth be told like Kurt Cobain's sort of technically brilliant guitarist and like Dave Grohl is a very good drummer. He's a very tight drummer, but I mean, like, there's definitely more. Uh, the music is a bit primitive. Yeah, it is a bit primitive, but I'm kind of leaning into the primitive aspects of it. Like, I, I just feel like the, especially like with Bob Dylan and and Nirvana, I feel like, and I, f- I think this is common with a lot of things nowadays, is that people are looking less for like polished sort of things and more for like truthful or like more. Uh, I guess you could say like true to people's self when they're putting out things like this yeah. is like true when people sign up to the celebrities like social medias and stuff they want to know like the inner lives of these people and I guess another way is like people are drawn to like artists that tell like their own story or say things you're not usually meant to say like Nirvana just names their songs anything in a little bit of like a tease to say like when people announce us they have to say like the names of our songs and stuff like that it's like almost like a test you know what i mean like a cool test and um in in some sense they're like jokers but in another sense they're like when they write music has very little sort of filter i guess you could say like they're just a lot of the words are almost like they don't sit right because you're almost like not meant to say those things in in songs like it's almost too real to put into songs and um i don't know kind of leaning into that with nirvana like bit of a weird analogy but i know with philosophy i used to be like very into like the analytic philosophy trying to draw like big conclusions and have like all these harmonious philosophical theories but now i'm sort of going against that and i kind of think there needs to be room for sort of interpretation and not everything needs to fit together perfectly and the drive for perfection is not serving us well and I think like Nirvana is a good example of like driving against perfection like when they put out like albums they're willing to put in like weird things into their songs which if that's gonna stand there for a million years you know like there's some things like would you really want to name you know that song that name like you know but they're like willing to just say like everything is destroyed in a billion years anyway so let's put out what we want to put out you know let's yeah. just do what we want to do and if people like it then they'll like it and yeah it's, it seems simple but honestly it is like it it took me a while like i was like oh wow these are cool catchy songs maybe it's just they were just a commercial band or something like that but like it's not quite like that it's um i think they're quite different to what the you know that smiley t-shirt that everyone wears kind of would make you think they seem very commercial and they are almost but it's sort of weird that they're so commercial like i think they hated it (laughs) again i don't really have too many deep conclusions about it because it's still like i'm still sort of you know making my mind up about it but i'm definitely a fan and the fact that they have so few albums and so many great songs and so many great feelings in the songs you know i think is kind of a testament to how sort of how special they were like it's kind of amazing like the different feelings they kind of evoke you know like some just feel like very lazy and can't be bothered with life and then some of them is just like drugs 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 <laughs> and you know there's a big range in a band like that so i mentioned uh 
this album earlier. Uh, this is one of the al- er- earlier albums I got into when I got into music. And I, you know, remembered it as kind of a primitive album. Like after I started listening to metal, like I said, I left kind of all the rock music behind. And I kind of later, when I stopped listening to only metal, when I, I started kind of looking back and seeing what else I know, I came back to this album and I was, wasn't expecting much from it. And I, I was surprised to find that there's more in it than I remembered. Mm. And like it, there is, you should give them some credit for appealing to the younger audience because Bob Dylan couldn't do that. Bob Dylan couldn't get like 15 year olds excited like yeah i'm sure there are 15 year olds like barrio that were into (laughs) dylan or something when they were 12 but there needs to be something said about the fact that nirvana can get 15 year olds passionate about not just groovy music but like stuff like all apologies which is like it's a very self-deprecating you know like everything's my fault kind of thing like almost like a window into sort of like your own psyche you know what i mean and the fact that they could do it when artists like Bob Dylan or, you know, maybe Pink Floyd or something couldn't at such a young age. I think it's quite a special um, achievement. So I mentioned that I also have a Zeppelin song. Bear, do you want to try and guess which one it is? Um, Yeah, I'll I'll try to guess. Okay. Stairway to Heaven. No, because he's too late for that Ah. in terms of like Stairway to Heaven would have got you if it was earlier on in your history. But because you've already been through this stuff. And I know like stuff that I've told you from Zeppelin. So I know it'd have to be maybe an earlier album. I'm thinking I want to go heavy. I'm thinking towards a few songs. I'm going to go, hmm. I'm going to go first album because it's quite heavy. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go how many more times? Well, you're wrong. Damn. Yeah, but you get it right. I only know the first four Zeppelin albums. Uh, I think we talked about it at some point. Like I said, I spent like a few years only listening to metal. And I thought that I would never kind of get tired of metal. I thought I would never need anything else other than metal. And from like today's perspective, I can say that not only I would get tired of metal, but also there's so much great stuff that isn't metal out there, obviously. And when I was 20 or 21, I had a girlfriend that had like a a really amazing taste in music. She used to listen to a lot of metal, but she also grew up in a house that had all kinds of music playing in it. And she used to make me mix CDs that were 
so varied in terms of styles of music, like they had all kinds of metal on them. Like I also got to know through those mixed CDs, Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and Nick Cave and Bob Dylan and uh, all kinds of stuff. And like, I trusted her opinions about music, so I listened to them, even though they weren't all heavy metal. Maybe some, if someone else gave me those mixed CDs and I'd see that they're they don't only contain metal songs, I maybe wouldn't have listened to them. And, you know, I looked at those songs that I liked but weren't metal as kind of the exception to the rule. Like, I thought that, you know, there had to be a few good songs outside of metal, but since I've been loving you by Led Zeppelin, this song that's playing in the background, I, I don't know if you'd agree with me, Peter, but like in terms of the feelings, it's it's kind of a heavier Led Zeppelin song, maybe? Uh, yeah, I definitely yeah. agree. And I think it's just a beautiful song. I think they're, they're one of my favorite songs, like, of all times. And this song convinced me to start exploring the, the music world outside of metal again. I started by enjoying all kinds of rock when I was younger. I got into metal and I kind of left all of that behind. And that song kind of got me to open my mind again. Sense of Been Loving You got me looking into classic rock which got me into newer newer rock and, and also kind of blues and country. And then I, I, I kind of listened to some jazz and some uh, classical music and all kinds of stuff. Mm. I, I just love this song. Amazing guitar, amazing drumming, the vocals are wild. I, I just love this song. Um, so, Enon, do you know the song T for One? I do not. Ooh. Um, so, on Presence, Zeppelin's seventh album, the last song they did, it is a unique song, but it's basically a cover of this song. So they did wow, their own really? cover, and it's called T for One. And, um, yeah, it's like, it's basically just another blues song like this, but, um, <laughs> some people prefer Sibley, Sibley. um, and some people <laughs> prefer, um, T for One. So, um, I, I don't know. I think, I think, I, I, I think I prefer Since I've Been Loving You because live they always play Since I've Been Loving You, or they sometimes play it. It's not a big, um, one for their set list. But they have played it, whereas I don't know, I don't think I can recall they've ever played T for One, so, and Jimmy always, like, I don't know why, but he can never seem to hit the second note, and he goes like, doom, 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 he always screws up that second note, I don't know what it is, I've never tried to play the song, but, um, oh yes, I have, <laughs> but I failed, so, <laughs> But yeah, so I'd definitely give that one a go to for one. Peter, you recently, maybe recently, maybe like, I don't know, six months ago, you made a, uh, you ranked all of the Zeppelin songs, and this ranked at like 80-something. Oh, I do it every like six months or so. <laughs> but this ranked so low. Where, where was this? If I remember correctly, 80-something? Oh. 60-something? Peter. Sure. No, I am definitely not sure. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Okay, I know why. I I put it the opposite way around because <laughs> if you want to play it, right, you got to it has to play downwards. <laughs> so you put the worst song on the top, so you put Hot Dog at the top and then it goes down <laughs> and then you finish with your best song. Otherwise, you have to keep clicking and stuff. <laughs> so this would be like 20ish. Pretty pretty good song, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people put this in their top 10, but it's 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 very good. Barrio guessed Stairway to Heaven as the song I would play, and it was really close. I do really love Stairway to Heaven. I know it's been overplayed, but like I get that people think that it's been overplayed, but I can always go for Stairway to Heaven. Next up for me, yeah, it's it's going to be Sia. It it was coming sooner or later. 
soon will be found. So I hitched a ride somewhere around 2009, I think. And this song played on the radio. And I'm horrible at mornings, I just keep falling asleep. So I got this ride and just fell asleep in the car. And this song that was playing from the radio just, you know, started to go into my dreams. And I just got hooked on it. See, it's not my type of music, but like if you walked into a pub and this was playing, like you'd be impressed, wouldn't you? Yeah, oh, yeah, totally, yeah. We were, uh, Barry and I, we did a road trip in America and, uh, like, I don't know, six years ago. And, you know, we used to listen to music and podcasts and all kinds of stuff. We had, like, this agreement that someone could put on an album, whatever album they want to, and, like, it's their time. And every once in a while, you'd put a, you'd put a Sia album. I never really, really, never really enjoyed it. Like, I remember kind of... <laughs> Put on the noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> no, no, I usually was driving, so uh, I couldn't put on headphones. But uh, I, I was kind of waiting for it patiently to, to end. I, I didn't uh, hate it, but I was kind of bored by it. But this sounds pretty good. Yeah, I think, I think this song is special, but most of our music sounds really different but mm. again i think what hooks me in sia is mostly her voice because i think and what i think like you can't say that sia doesn't have a, just an amazing control over her voice like yeah. if you if you really pay attention to it i didn't find that quality of of voice control and, and depth and feeling mm. in, in many in many artists that that i listen to she has this technique of making her voice a bit rounder or a bit flatter or and, and she's got like this very impressive range and I think that she just does it wonderfully like I, I mostly listen to her because of that like I know that it's not wonderful it's not everyone's taste but it it, um, it has this this personal appeal to me um, all right song so, number five song number five. Yeah. So this one is meant to represent sort of what I'm into now, I guess. Like, I mean, I'm into everything I've already listened to, but this is sort of like my newest sort of find, which could potentially be like a bit of a gold mine. And um, this is the first song of an album, but it's like only two minutes and then there's like another song. It's like a sweet sort of like a medley, but it's the first two songs that I want to sort of um, focus on. I 
Watch out where the huskies go, don't you eat that yellow snow. Watch out where the huskies go, don't you eat that yellow snow. Right about that time, people, a fur trapper, who was strictly from commercial. So this is the transition to the second song. Mm. And um, the second song is just fantastic song obviously you can tell this guy's a bit different but um yeah so oh i haven't even mentioned what the song is yeah so it's um <laughs> called don't eat the yellow snow um sweet by frank zappa on his apostrophe album and just the creativity of this guy it's just quite amazing it's um he just sweats like ideas you know <laughs> and he is a bit of a joker as well he has a lot of like joke songs like he has one called "Why Does It Hurt When I Pee?" Like just <laughs> that feels no Reminds me a little bit of Jimmy Page at times. So I'm realizing there's not a great time to jump in on this song because there's so many changes, you know, you don't want to miss something. But, uh, yeah, he's just such an, in- <laughs> such an interesting guy. 
Yeah, you introduced me to this album. I gave it a few listens a few months, a few weeks ago, and I really enjoyed it.、Mm. Really, really fun、yeah. stuff. It's really interesting. It's really non-conventional, and I'm surprised how catchy sort of. I guess you can call this classic rock. Yeah. But, oh, I don't know if you can, but I guess、I'd、it is. I'd say so. But it's so catchy, you know, like it just, flows. I don't know. It's、um, yeah, flows definitely. That's a good word for it. But it's still new to me, so I don't really have a lot of like conclusions to make about it. And he has quite a lot of albums as well. I think he likes to just kind of pollute the airspace for a bit. But <laughs>、um, yeah, there's a there's a new documentary out if anyone wants to locate it, and it's I think it's just called Zapper. But for, it came out in November 2020. But for some reason, I just can't like find it in either stores or online. So it's a little bit like. Hard to get. Maybe, maybe that's changed the last week or so, but I haven't,、mm. haven't looked. But、um, once I see that documentary, maybe it'll put it in context, or maybe it will just make it all more confusing. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, but, yeah. <laughs>、um, yeah. So that's where I'm at at the moment. <laughs> okay. So my fifth song is a Tom Waits song called "I Hope That I Don't Fall in Love with You." Barrio. Ah.、Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. Well, I hope that I don't fall in love with you. Falling in love just makes me blue. Well, the music plays and you display your heart for me to see. Had a beer and now I hear you calling out for me. And I hope I don't fall in love. I'll let it play another couple of minutes in a. So, yeah, this is Tom Waits. I hope that I don't fall in love with you from Closing Time,、uh, the second song from his first album, and. Unlike the other songs I play today, yeah, I think that this song doesn't signal a turning point in my music listening history. I love this song and I love this album, but it's not like you know, with this song, I found out something that totally changed how I look at music. And I kind of tried to, you know, choose songs that would kind of tell the whole story, like up till today, kind of like Peter did. But I feel that like I got to know this album when I was 21. 22 maybe, and I think that since then, you know, I've had I, I got into a bunch of new artists that I love. I've had a few kind of you know different like eras or different periods of times. Like I had my ACDC period, I had my King Diamond period, I had all kinds of stuff going on. But I don't know, there weren't any revelations, there weren't any turning points anymore. I, I think that when I got into this album, I was already kind of convinced that 
you know, the genre or, or, or the style of the album or the artist doesn't mean too much anymore. Like, you can find something to like in any genre, basically. So I was kind of open-minded about music at that point, and I wanted to find new things to listen to all the time and stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up this song because when I got to know it and the rest of the album, Closing Time, I felt like I found my album. You know, like an album that puts into music what I'm feeling inside and can't express. Tom Waits, his name was a name that I knew at that point. I, I heard about his music, but I always heard about his later albums. People always kind of recommended his later albums to me. And I didn't really connect with them at the time. Today I think they're great, but at the time, not, not too much. And, you know, this one night I was driving home and I decided to listen to, to his first album and see what, what it was like and kind of, you know, where he started. And, well, it's maybe my favorite album of all times. Tom Waits became one of my favorite artists and I don't know, I feel like after opening my mind to all kinds of music and growing up a bit like these huge revelation moments that change how I see music as a whole became non-existent which is a bit sad but you know since then and until now this album was the biggest thing in music for me and this song is a personal favorite of mine. I really like that song as well. It's a beautiful album. It captures all the nice things but also all the not so nice things in life in one place that's all the things are running on <laughs> no there's there's also horrible things <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not good with words i guess it doesn't have the neutral thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> listen listen to the combination of tracks here This is Joey Pecoraro. I think I'm falling in love. Following up Tom Waits, I hope that I don't fall in love with you. <laughs> you know, when you said lo-fi, I had low expectations. Uh. But um, <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> um, but I, I actually really like it. No, this is, this sounds fun. I actually really I'm like just it. Surprised. Like, no I'm joke. Just surprised. This is really I good. I, I like it. Yeah. Didn't expect this. Yeah, I'm adding this to my library. <laughs> and it's not like it was good because it's not really lo-fi. Like, this is like just standard lo-fi, but it's just a very, I don't know, very nice. Ah, this sounds cool and smooth and just fun, you know? Mm. A different kind of fun. Yeah. Oh. This whole this whole album is wonderful, but this is, this is the, the yeah, best. Yeah, I'm going to 
listen to that at work. That's that's five cool. songs from each of us. That's our journey. So that's our journey. I huh? feel like I know you guys a bit better. Yeah. I feel maybe we should take a break now. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> too too good. <laughs> no, but this is a lot of fun. I uh, like everyone has a personal journey they go with stuff they like, and we all like music, and we all enjoy talking about music. So I think it's good to. kind of get to know each other that way yeah and also there's been uh, for me at least just a lovely Friday afternoon a good way way to pass the time talk to friends drink some whiskey yeah and we, yeah, we listened cool. to a bunch of really good music today something I something I um, noticed was that I think you and Barrio sort of hop like you guys have your big sort of artists but you also hop between them like you have like stepping stones and sort of like artists that you sort of I don't know, used to get to other artists, not like obviously consciously, but like there's artists that you, if you didn't listen to them, then you wouldn't listen to another artist. Like it's a very yeah. thin chain of causality. You can see like the changes, but I think for me, it's like, I don't, I don't really have those smaller chains. Like I don't have those smaller links that you guys probably have. I'm not sure why that is. It's probably just because it's um, like a shorter period of time. But yeah, I, I, I kind of just, you know, hear a song and just spend like a few months on that artist. And then I hear another song, spend a few months. I don't really have like the, those linking songs as much. But yeah, um, yeah there probably is those small link ste- smaller steps, but I probably just don't notice them as much. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, something interesting, I think we all must have noticed while kind of thinking about songs to bring up today is... There's so many artists we couldn't like if we only get to choose five yeah there's so many like I would have come up with Arn Maiden and Alice yeah Cooper that's the one I and... thought was gonna be in your list yeah like you talk about them all the time but when you only have five yeah. I like, listened to Arn Maiden alone only Arn Maiden for like a year and a half maybe even two years I know a bunch of their live shows kind of like you and Zeppelin yeah Maybe not as mm. deeply, but yeah. you know kind of the same direction, but you know the song that got me into the whole genre was the cradle of filth song that I played, so yeah, yeah, so it was kind of the 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 a major stepping stone towards that way, and I kind of thought mm. you'd mention radiohead and I was going to mention radiohead, but I thought someone I... would mention queen there's yeah. so many there's so many we like five artists we we played fifteen songs today, which is a lot, but there's So many more, and there's a bunch uh, a bunch of others that you know were kind of smaller stepping stones that I would have loved to mention, but yeah, yeah what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, like you too, yeah. for example. Yeah, and Taylor Swift. Radiohead was in the five, but I did make a <laughs> last minute switch. That was when mm, Zappa came in. Gotcha. Even though gotcha. I do like Radiohead more than Zappa, because I've listened to more of their stuff, yeah. like I kind of feel like... I don't know, like, uh, give it a few years and maybe then I'll really know, like, how I yeah. feel about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't like to make conclusions too quick, but yeah, uh, no, it takes time yeah, sometimes. like, but I think they are like I remember laughing, absolutely laughing when when there was an article saying, "Oh, Radiohead could be like the next Beatles or something like that." And I was just like, <laughs> I hadn't even listened to a Radiohead song at that point, <laughs> but I was just like, ha, ha ha, ha ha ha. And then I kind of like don't even really disagree with that at the moment. Like I'm a massive Beatles fan. But like, I don't know, Radiohead reinvent themselves like every album, you know, it's quite incredible. So th- this has been a, a very special uh, episode, very special edition of the Culture Quest podcast radio. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And the only thing left to say is 
Thank you, Peter. And thank you, Barrio, for staying true to our goal. And thank you, the listeners at home, for helping us along the latest stage of our quest. We hope that you join us again next episode, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. The Culture Quest Podcast is part of All the People Network. Visit our website at culturequestpodcast.com to contact us or see a list of our upcoming episodes. Follow us on Twitter at CQ underline podcast and tell your friends about us. Find out more information about All the People Network and the other podcasts it includes at allthepeoplenetwork.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to bring to everyone's attention all those people that are currently stuck without their phone and are forced to continue listening to this unless they pause it and then have to contemplate, you know, the state of their life and other things. So, you'll probably just continue listening. I just wanted to give a bit of a shout out to a um, a website, actually. It's called givewell.org. So, that's give, G-I-V-E, well, W-E, double L dot org. So it's, it's a dot org. So it's, it's legit. And, um, basically they're the authority on who is worth giving money to in terms of charity. So obviously we'll give money to friends and family if they fall on hard times. But if you are thinking about giving large sums of money to, um, charities, it's definitely best to do your research because, a lot of people just give away money and want to feel good, but it's also good to think of it as an investment and how you can do the most good. So, it's not asking you to give away more money, but it's asking you to give the money away in a responsible way. And um, basically, they've just authorized eight charities. So, out of all the, I want to say hundreds of thousands of charities, might be a bit lower, but they've authorized only eight. And I think it's really good to just scan through the list and um, see if you can consider donating to these charities. So, um, I think that would be good if we can all sort of band together during these tough times. At the moment, it's COVID, but, you know, that will change and we're all going to need to support everyone. So, this is probably one of the best evidence-based ways to do that. So, yeah. So, definitely hop on to givewell.org if you're considering and hopefully those charities are like tax deductible or something in your country, which would be in your best interest. So, anyway, this is not formal advice but it's just good place to go thank you good morning good afternoon good evening and good night my name is thomas and what's your name oh i'm alan, alan. oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah yeah we're brothers that's right yeah, yeah the that. mother same mother and father your room was oh, we shared a room shared a room we shared a room thought i knew your face yeah we go way way back mate. Yeah. yeah we should do a podcast then uh, we have we do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Brocast. That's B-R-O- K-A-S-T Hey the ending. Hey, It's alright Good on you yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast Remember we don't spell it with a C We spell it with a K Slowly mate Take it easy I was going to put an E on our podcast but it's I'll up. just let you know I have like 20 minutes left Should be enough I'm just saying 18 minute song <laughs> Playing Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. <laughs> so the soundtrack to Interstellar was really hit me. <laughs> <laughs> this.
10. Virgin, you need help finding that song? White noise mixed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Helps me go to sleep. <laughs> no, I found it. Sorry. <laughs>